0: and welcome to the EFL preview with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. Well, we're back to normal scheduling. Not so much the fact that it's an EFL preview, but the fact that it's not really a preview, and more of a review of the midweek fixtures that we've seen that involved plenty of EFL teams, as we see the first round of the Carabao Cup. The Carabao Cup, of course, is a competition which involves all four divisions up as far as the Premier League, but the first round is simply left to the EFL teams. Teams playing from the Championship all the way down to League 2, some all-league affairs, some uh, with many difference in terms of quality. We'll be going through all of those matches tonight, which took place between Tuesday and Wednesday of the 8th and 9th of August, and there were plenty of exciting shocks along the way. As always, you can expect the same level of insight, analysis and interviews that you come to expect every single week here on the EFL Review. So, we will start with the game that actually I was able to attend in person, which finished Huddersfield Town 2, Middlesbrough 3. Middlesbrough came from behind to beat 10-man Huddersfield Town and advanced to the second round and Harrett had put the Terriers ahead after just three minutes, when Jaheim Headley was sent off for bringing down Isaiah Jones only ten minutes later. Samuel Silvera scored on his first Borough start to equalise for Michael Carrick's side. Second-half goals from Jones and Riley McGree secured victory despite a late consolation from Kyle Hudlin. Having lost their Championship opener to Millwall, Carrick was rewarded for making only five changes to his starting lineup but sloppy defending as they tried to play out of the back allowed Harrett to open the scoring for the home team. Neil Warnock had changed all but one of his side that had lost to Plymouth and their league opener, but this plan was hampered when 21-year-old Headley was shown a straight red for a professional foul. Silvera quickly levelled from there and the visitors took control. Jones put them ahead as he slipped one past goalkeeper Chris Maxwell before Australian midfielder Riley McGree, who had come off the bench exploiting gaps in the home defence to wrap up Borough's first win in this competition for three years. Towering striker Kyle Hudlin headed home deep into entry time to reduce the deficit, but it was not enough to force the tie to penalties. Mansfield Town 2, Grimsby Town 0. Mansfield powered into the Carabao Cup second round for the first time in five years, with a convincing home win over Grimsby. Mansfield dominated the first half and led through a Lucas Akins penalty on 27 minutes, sending goalkeeper Harvey Cartwright the wrong way after Cartwright had brought him down, following a loose touch on a back pass. Early on, Abu Issa had made a brilliant block to deny Stephen Quinn, while Luke Waterfall cleared an Aidan Flint header off the line. Davis Keeler-Dunn then sent Reese Oates cleared down the centre of 8 on 18 minutes, but he blazed horribly over. Atkins could have had a first-half hat-trick, firing over on 19 minutes and forcing a save from Cartwright on 31 minutes. Ex-stag Danny Rose almost levelled against the run of play, but Christy Pym pushed away his header on the 38th minute. Aaron Lewis and Keeler Dunn then both wasted great Mansfield chances late in the half, Cartwright saving from Lewis at the far post and Keeler Dunn firing over a gaping goal from Aikens' square ball. Constant early second-half pressure saw the sags seal, st- seal the win on 55 minutes as Keeler Dunn's square pass saw Reese Oates wriggle into the box and dispatch a low finish from 12 yards out on the outside of his boot. Probably the first unexpected result of the evening, Newport County 3, Charlton Athletic 1. Newport County came from behind to beat League 1 Charlton Athletic in the first round. The Addicts dominated the opening half at Rodney Parade and led through Daniel Carnu's 43rd minute effort. But the League 2 outfit improved in the second half and leveled through Anne Wildig. Will Evans and former Yeovil Loney Seb Palmer Holden both struck late on to give Graham Coughlin's side a first win of the campaign and see them into the second round. Peterborough United won, Swindon Town won. Peterborough United winning 4-1 on penalties. Peterborough reached the second round after a 4-1 penalty shootout win against League 2 Swindon. Joel Randall scored his first Peterborough goal since joining two summers ago to put the League One side ahead before Rashane Hepburn-Murphy, levelled as the game ended one all after 90 minutes. It's important to note in the early rounds of the Carabao Cup, if it's a, a draw after the full 90 minutes, it goes straight to a penalty shootout. And in said shootout, Flazer Blake, Tracy and Jake Young miss for the visitors, while Johnson Clark-Harris, Ronnie Edwards, Joseph Tomlinson and Harrison Burrows all scored to send Peterborough through. Swansea City 3, Northampton Town 0. Head coach Michael Duff claimed his maiden Swansea City victory as Joel Perroy's double and a fabulous Josh Ginnelly strike saw off Northampton Town in the first round. Perrault tapped home early on before scrambling in a second after the break. Ginnelly's long-range debut goal sealed Swansea's win, their first since Duff took charge in the summer. League One newcomers Northampton had their moments, but were ultimately outclassed by their championship hosts. Duff made only five changes to the side which drew with Birmingham City on the opening day of the league season, while Perot almost among the key figures in the Swansea squad to keep his place. Accrington Stanley 1, Bradford City 1, Bradford City winning 4-1 on penalties. Bradford City saw off League 2 rivals Accrington Stanley 4-1 on penalties, following a 1-0 draw after 90 minutes. The Bantams scored all of their spot kicks, with Jack Nolan and Kuredi at a day-in unable to convert theirs for Stanley. The first 45 minutes were cagey in terms of goal-mouth action. The game burst into life, however, in the first minute of added time, when a Harry Lewis goal kick was flicked on to send former glover Alex Patterson clean through, and then he finished beyond Toby Savin for the first Bradford goal of the campaign. Stanley, recently relegated from League One, almost replied immediately, but Lewis did well to keep out Adéan's fierce drive. The game most certainly opened up after the break. Accrington captain Sean Wally tricked his way into the area but was denied by Lewis whilst last season's top scorer in League Two, Andy Cook, headed over and had an effort saved for the Bantams. Wally had another effort saved before Stanley equalised on 66 minutes. From a short corner, substitute Nolan crossed for fellow substitute Josh Andrews, on loan from Birmingham City, who headed home his first Accrington goal. Both had only been on the pitch for two minutes. Both sides went on to for the hunt for a winner without a clear-cut chance, including 14 minutes of added time before the shootout, which unfortunately will be remembered for an absolute horror penalty by or as he unfortunately slipped as he took the penalty, but it was enough to see the Bantams through. Barnsley 2, Tramia Rovers 2, Tramia Rovers winning 7-6 on penalties. Shamir progressed to the second round of the Carabao Cup after defeating League One Barnsley 7-6 on penalties following a 2-all draw at Oakwell. Luke Norris and Sam Taylor gave the visitors the lead, either side of the break, with Herbie Kane and Aidan Marsh twice equalising for the Tykes. Rover's early persistence paid off in the 24th minute, breaking the deadlock through a well-worked free-kick routine. Jake Leak's ball into the box was headed back across goal by Tom Davis for Norris to guide home. The host levelled three minutes into first-half stoppage time when John Russell broke into the box from the right, cutting back to Kane, whose shot was spilled in by Joe Murphy. Tranmere regained the lead two minutes after the break. A succession of chances saw Taylor strike the crossbar before finding the far corner from the edge of the box mere moments later. Neil Collins' young Barnsley side remained resilient and found the leveller in the eighth minute of entry time, as Charlie Winfield's cross was flicked in by March. After the shootout reached sudden death, Paul Lewis's success from the spot meant that Jack Shepherd's following miss resulted in a defeat for Barnsley. Blackburn Rovers 4, Walsall 3 Blackburn twice came from behind to thwart Walsall's hopes of an EFL Cup first round surprise at Ewood Park. The League Two Saddlers twice led in the first half after Blackburn manager Yondahl Thomason had changed all 11 players who had beaten West Brom in their Championship Opener on Saturday. Oshin Mukenty and Motherwell lonely Ross Tierney had shot the home crowd, but both goals were pegged back by goals from 20-year-old debutant Zach Gilzenen and summer signing Niall Ennis. That took the wind out of Walsall's sails in the second half. Jake Garrett also grabbed his first senior goal, and John Buckley made sure of the victory despite Ronan Maher's late goal for the visitors. Thomason was turned into Blackburn's youth products after losing key men Ben Berriton-Diaz, Bradley Dack, Thomas Kaminsky and Ash Phillips in this recent transfer window, and was instantly repaid as Dylan McCandy and Harry Leonard's goals gave him a 2-1 win over West Brom on the opening day. Thomason handed starts to Jake Batty and Sam Barnes, as well as Gilzenen, but the mass changes almost cost them as McKenty headed home a corner to give the Saddlers the lead. Gilsenan, who spent two years in Barcelona's academy, leveled within two minutes from a Ryan, uh, former glover Ryan Hedges' cross, but then Tiernan got on the end of a Josh a Joe Falk's cross to restore Walsall's lead. This time the lead lasted just three minutes, as Ennis, who moved from Plymouth in this window, was found in space by Hedges and coolly finished. Buckley picked out Garrett to give Rogers the lead for the first time, and grabbed one himself when Gilsen and sharp pass, although Maha's deflected strike, did give Blackburn Rovers a late scare. So, our first interview of tonight, and I think we'll focus on Walsall. Of course, nicknamed the Saddlers, so who better than to interview their manager? Matt Saddler.
1: Matt, despite the result, uh, a performance to be proud of.
2: Yeah, listen, I've just said exactly that to them in there. I am so so proud of of the effort they put in, um, of the way that we played, the way that we uh, we knew what to expect from the way that Blackburn played. I've watched a lot of them over the last two or three weeks. Uh, we've managed to catch hold of some of their friendlies and then we've obviously saw the game against West Brom uh, on Saturday. And they play in a way that we will not face at any other time this season. And they do it throughout the club. Um, with some fantastic forward movements, and fantastic rotations in midfield, uh, and we needed to be solid and we needed to be connected, uh, and we wanted to hit them on the counter attack. Which in the first half, I thought the game plan worked to a T, um, and we could have gone on and scored three, four. There were f- probably five opportunities. Um, barring the, you know, we scored two without question. A Stonewall penalty was not given. Um, and then there was a couple of other chances as well where, yeah, again, it wouldn't have flattered us if we'd have scored three or four in that first half. The only disappointment for me is not staying in the lead for long enough. Um, and that's something that, you know, I take the opposition out of it a little bit because, as I say, that we won't be facing that uh, week in, week out. But what we will face is times when we go in the lead and we have to make sure that that next five minutes, which, you know, it's a, a saying in football, isn't it? But we have to be super, super switched on and, and ready for that next little barrage that comes our way and then we go again ourselves. So the only you know, disappointment is we didn't hold on to, to when we went in the lead, which we thoroughly deserve to go into the lead. Um, and then we concede at the start of the second half, which just knocks the stuffing out of us um, in a way which then it kind of, once they get their noses in front, they're very, very good at, at keeping the football, making it hard for us, making us run. Um, but, again, you just see the attitude the lads have got. They are desperate to to get back into games. They're never-say-die attitude to um, to score at the end with Ronan there with his first career senior goal. Um,
1: and I just can't be anything but proud. Some very good stand-up performances as well. Ross Tierney, I thought he was excellent in that little pivot role there as well. And I think, you know, it just showed what you're trying to implement what your coaching staff are trying to implement on this group with some of the football that was played tonight
2: yeah listen we want to play football of course we do again i want to reiterate that this isn't anything like what you'll face um on saturday for example completely completely not the type of uh game that it will be but um there are elements to our game that i'm really pleased with of course i am there's some really fast um, explosive play by Ross. You just mentioned that with him. I thought he was a constant threat. Um, again, could have scored a couple himself more uh, than he did. Um, as I say, 100% there's a penalty against him. I don't know how the referee hasn't given that. Um, and uh, he, you know, he, he should be really pleased with his night's work for his first first uh, first outing for the football club. Um, uh, of course, disappointment for me as a defender myself. I want to, you know, keep clean sheets. I want to. Uh, make sure that we're we're really, really solid in our shape, which I saw at times, I thought our shape was fantastic. Um, but again, there's them elements where quick play and uh, really quick, bright football players and get one sniff to take the goal, take the opportunity. So loads and loads of stuff, as I say, to be really pleased with, to be proud of, um, of course, things that, that uh, we'd like to tighten up on. I just wanted to make sure that we got out of tonight, where we come away from today, and and I say these are the words that I'm saying that how proud I'm of the group because I was fully aware of the way that they play is something we will not experience. So it's it's one where
1: um, you want to make sure you come out of it with with the credit that I believe that we will do and should do. Somebody who gets his name on the sheet as well, Oshin McKenty. Shown his versatility so far under your tenure at the back end of last season and into this one, and it's a brilliant header from him as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I want to give credit to Dan Watson as well on that because we we work really hard on asset plays. Um, uh, we've got a bit of a thing going within the group on them, so we work really hard on set plays, and and it was great to see Oshin pop up and score there today. Um, for me, uh, Oshin is the epitome of of what I want as a football player and, and at the football club, and he gives absolutely everything every single time he steps out onto the training ground every single time he steps out onto the pitch whether that being that little bit more of an advanced midfielder role uh, or as a defender he's an incredible person um, and an incredible footballer for me so um, i believe we've got a really good one in him and i look forward to see him uh, growing and developing as that um just reiterate again and by the way uh, it's worth mentioning the support as well because they were with us throughout all of that game um as i say i'm only you know i'm only Disappointment and how gutted I am is that we don't hold on to the lead for as long as um, we could have done. Um, but they were with us throughout that, you know, get home safely and all of that. And we go again, and, and you know, it's a really,
1: really positive night. And then we have to back that up with a really important game on Saturday night. Injury wise, everyone get through that one okay. Uh, yeah. An update on Priestley as well.
2: Yeah, P. He's um, he's not far off. As I said on Saturday, it's more days likely than weeks. Um, so, we'll reassess him on Thursday and see if he's ready for Saturday. Um, and uh, I think Tom on the press again tonight, hasn't he? I'm sure you get sick and tired of his voice. Um, and uh, he's, he's not a million miles off, so you're probably talking weeks or a week or so for Tom. So, yeah, all of those little knocks and niggles starting to come back. Um, and touch wood, fingers crossed, I haven't had anything reported to me for not, uh, tonight,
1: uh, barring me smacking my head off the front of the door in the finger. So, that's the only injury tonight. And then on the final note for me, you've already mentioned the supporters. Hopefully they'll go away from tonight seeing exactly what it is that, like I've already mentioned, you and your coaching staff are trying to implement on this group and will be encouraged from what they've seen this evening. Uh, The most
2: encouraging thing I hope that the supporters go away from seeing is we have got a group of people that are willing to give absolutely everything for this football club, for each other, for the team, for us. Um, And again, I said this to the guys in there then, that um, I can only be proud of, of my group when they give me as everything that they do, and they're giving it me constantly day in, day out, in whatever they do, whether that be you know video analysis stuff, whether that be out on the training ground, whether that be in their gym sessions, they're giving everything they can be to imp- to be better as football players and better as people and uh, and good teammates. So. Um, uh, hopefully the supporters will see that as the season continues. they will do uh, and they're starting to see that you know the shoots of that now uh, and, and you know they're good footballers as well so I wanted to express myself and show that. so yeah loads of different sides to us that I'm pleased with. Of course I'm disappointed we conceded the goals, but I will take that in isolation because of the, um, the caliber of play that we're up against tonight. So uh, uh, yeah again it's, it's dust ourselves down, get ourselves um, rested, recovered and ready to go on Saturday.
0: Bolton Wanderers won, Barrow nil. Zach Ashworth marked his debut with the first senior goal as knockout specialist Bolton Wanderers opened their Carabao Cup campaign with a one 0 victory over League Two Barrow. The West Brom Albion Loney's forty-fourth-minute curling free kick was the perfect ending to an opening half dominated by last season's EFL Trophy champions. That's the Papa John's Trophy for those that have forgotten. Ian Everts League One outfit could not find a decisive finish against his former club from a succession of chances until Ashworth had punished George Ray's foul on Cameron Jerome from 20 yards. Derby County nil, 0 Blackpool 2 Derby County crashed to a second home defeat in four days after Jake Beasley grabbed a brace to give Blackpool a 2-0 win at Pride Park. Blackpool outplayed Derby in the first half, and although the home side were beckoned it better in the second, there was no way back. The visitors went ahead in the seventh minute when Derby's defence failed to deal with a cross from the left by James Husband, and Beasley turned a score from 10 yards. They should have doubled their lead in the 20th minute after Sonny Carey ran clear on the left and picked out the unmarked Owen Dale, but his shot was too close to Josh Vickers'. But Derby gifted Blackpool a second goal in the 32nd minute, though Callum Elder's backheader, which beat Vickers and Beasley, fired into an empty net. The Seasiders were quicker all over the pitch, and the half-time whistle was greeted with a chorus of boos from the home fans. Derby improved, and Connor Washington forced Richard O'Donnell into a save in the 55th minute, while at the other end, Vickers prevented Carl Joseph making it 3-0 in the 83rd. But although Derby had plenty of possession, Blackpool comfortably saw the game out. Harrogate Town 1, Carlisle United 0. Carlisle United's hoodoo against Harrogate Town continued as Paul Simpson's team were knocked out of the Carabao Cup at the first stage. The newly promoted League One outfit had failed to beat the League Two Sulphurites in seven previous attempts and saw that run extended by a 1-0 defeat here in North Yorkshire. Jack Armour should have given the visitors an 18th-minute lead, but cleared from the crossbar just a couple of yards out. Carlisle were punished for that miss soon afterwards, former Middlesbrough forward Sam Follerin stroking a precise 25-yard finish into the bottom corner. Harrogate remained in the ascendancy until half-time, though both Luke Plange and John Mellish could have levelled matters, but neither man could beat Mark Oxley in one-on-one situations. Simpson made four changes at the break, though it was the hosts who threatened first after the resumption when George Thompson curled a free kick just over the bar. Town began to drop deeper and deeper as the half progressed, and although they appeared relatively untroubled, Oxley's foul on Taylor Charters saw Carlisle awarded a uh, 76th-minute penalty. Harrogate-born Ryan Edmondson would, however, fluff his lines from the spot, and the self-rights were able to see the game out. Hull City 1, Doncaster Rovers 2. George Miller scored twice as lead 2 Doncaster Rovers came from behind to knock out Championship side Hull City. Oscar Estepinan had put the Tigers in front from close range after only three minutes, but Miller equalised fifty after 15 minutes to bring the visitors level. The Rovers striker then grabbed the winner just past the hour mark when he divided a Harrison Biggin shot into the net via his head. Hull made eight changes to the team from Saturday's last gas defeat to Norwich City in the Championship, and one of those, Esther Pinnan, had scored his first goal of the season after Jason Laquillo had two efforts blocked in the area. But Luke used deflected looped up kindly for Miller to equalise after the Tigers gave away possession in their own half. They made the same mistake in the second half before the ball was worked back to Viggins on the edge of the box. His shot was powerful, but little touch off Miller's head took it beyond goalkeeper Matt Ingram. Hull had chances to take the game to penalties through Ozan Tufan and Astapinian, but Doncaster hung on to belie a gap of 51 places on the EFL ladder last season. Let's listen from Hull City boss, Liam Rossinia. Liam, how... Obvious question, but how's the dressing room feeling after that?
3: Just can't put it into words. Uh, they should be feeling down. They sh- we should be feeling down. I should be feeling down. To be dumped out of the, in the cup in the manner that we did tonight leaves a bit of taste in the mouth. And what we need to do is quickly, very, very quickly, reorganise ourselves and get ready for a really big game on Saturday. And i playing much better, miles better than what we did today.
0: Why do you think that happened?
3: Um. I'll have a look and I'll analyse and I don't want to say anything now and when I'm feeling the way I'm feeling that I'll regret later on. Um, As staff, as manager, I can only make certain decisions for the players. They go on the pitch and they have to make decisions for themselves. What Doncaster did, because the way we play, they went man to man, they left Matty on the ball. So then what I need to see is decision making. I need to see players take risks. I need to see players run forward. I need to see us play at a tempo. I'm sat up in the stand because I've been banned. Um, I don't even want to get into the reasons why I've been banned because I still don't know. But I can't be on the touchline screaming and shouting telling them what to do at every moment of the game. We have to take accountability as a group and I'm not going to sit there and throw the players under the bus, but anyone who watches that game today will say that's unacceptable. Unacceptable for me, unacceptable for our staff, for the fans who have come here to watch us, not good enough. And we need to rectify it very, very quickly. And I will work really, really hard from my end to make sure that doesn't happen again.
0: Notts County 0 Lincoln City 2. Lincoln progressed to the second round of the Carabao Cup with a comfortable win at Notts County, who finished with 10 men. The Imps took the lead in the 23rd minute when Danny Mandrew's corner was flicked on by Pordie O'Connor, and defender Sean Rufflin was on hand to steer the ball in from close range. Mark Kennedy's side continued to dominate proceedings and almost doubled their lead shortly after, following miscommunication in the county defence, which allowed Mandrew to shoot from distance, but his efforts sailed comfortably over. Hopes of a comeback from the Magpies in the second half lasted only three minutes. Mandrew intercepted Richard Brindley's pass, and after his initial effort was blocked, the ball fell kindly into the path of Lasse Sorensen, who slotted home in front of the travelling fans. In the fifty-sixth minute, it went from bad to worse for Luke Williams's side, who had been beaten five-one in their League One a uh, League Two opener, sorry, at Sutton United on Saturday. Defender Aidan Baldwin received a second yellow card for pulling back Tyler Walker just inside his own half as Lincoln went on to close out the match against ten men. Lost where I am now. Whoops. Ah, Port Vale three, Fleetwood Town. 2. Ethan Chislett struck twice as Port Vale came from behind to beat Fleetwood Town 3-2. Kean Hayes had given the visitors an early lead in the fifth minute when he curled home a fine effort off the far post. South African Chislett, a summer signing on a free transfer after leaving AFC Wimbledon, equalised in style with a stunning strike from the edge of the box in the 17th minute. Fleetwood goalkeeper Jay Lynch made a double save to deny Josh Thomas and then Ellis Harrison just before half-time. The visitors made a fast start to the second half as Ryan Graydon got up the highest at the near post to nod home Junior Quintana's corner. Swansea loney Thomas scored his first professional goal just before the hour after driving to the box to make it 2 all just before the hour mark. The turnaround was completed with 16 minutes left as substitute and former glover Gavin Massey stood up across after beating Lynch to the ball for Chislett to nod home from close range. Preston North End 2, Salford City 2, Salford City winning 4-2 on penalties. Mads Frockier missed the decisive spot kick as Preston were beaten on penalties to crash out of the Carabao Cup. Conor McLennan's double gave Salford a two-nil lead but goals from Ben Woodburn and Duane Holmes drew North End level and the tie finished 2-all. Ryan Ledson was wide with North End's first penalty before Salford scored four in a row. Frockier was left needing to score to keep the shootout alive, but his effort fired comfortably over the bar. Rotherham United won, Morecambe won, Rotherham United winning 4-2 on penalties. Rotherham United were forced to come from behind to knock out League Two side Morecambe on penalties. The visitors led through Michael Mellon's strike into the bottom corner midway through the first half. Joshua Kayede levelled with strike from close range just before half-time. With the game level at full-time, the tie went to penalties, with Fred onye scoring their winning spot kick to send the Millers through. Walken rewarded for their early pressure when Mellon worked into a neat through-ball to finish past Dylan Phillips and score his first senior goal. Coyote bundled home to level the scores eight minutes before the break, before the second-half stalemate, with Tyler Blackett squandering the chance to meet a cross to win the tie for Rotherham in the dying stages. The game went to spot-kicks, with River uh, Phillips saving twice, and Onyedima nailing the final penalty to send Rotherham into round two. Sheffield Wednesday won, Stockport County won. Sheffield Wednesday needed a stoppage time equaliser and penalties to avoid an EFL Cup upset by Stockport County at Hillsborough. Former glover Paddy Madden scored a superb volley to give the lead two side an early lead and for much of the night it appeared enough for victory. But in the final minute of seven added on, Tyreek Bakerson scored the scrappiest of equalisers after a scramble in the six-yard box. Wednesday keeper Devis Vasquez then saved two penalties in the shootout before Lee Gregory scored the winner for the hosts. Stoke City 2, West Bromwich Albion 1. Stoke City's summer signing Andre Vigidal scored his third goal in two games by scoring a second-half winner as West Brom suffered an EFL Cup first-round exit. <coughs> Excuse me. The Portuguese forward struck on 65 minutes to so win from close range just 60 seconds after Brandon Thomas' Sunday had levelled for the baggies. Stoke had the better chances in a game that livened up after the break, after Albion, who had made nine changes, made a ruck of substitutions. But the Potters were good value for their half-time lead when Wesley's powerful uh, powered forward passed Carl Bartley into an error, and his powerful low shot went in via the post and young keeper Josh Griffiths. An Alex Neal side saw out victory well against an Albion side who, after a confident sapped pre-season, have now lost their opening two games. Sunderland 1, Crow Alexander 1, Crow Alexander winning 5-3 on penalties. On loan Liverpool keeper Harry Davis was the hero as crew pulled off a shock EFL penalty shootout win at Hotly tipped Sunderland. The 19-year-old saved pierre Ekwa's kick with all five Alex players hitting the target and Ryan Cooney scoring the winning penalty. That put a dampener on a historic evening for Sunderland striker Chris Rigg. Rigg's goal, just 51 days after his 16th birthday, made him the youngest goal scorer in Sunderland's history after he became their youngest ever outfield player th- last season. Skipper Luke Offered headed crew in, f- in front in first-half injury time. Rigg's goal temporarily denied them the win, and they had the outstanding Davis to thank for a fine save from Bradley Dack deep into added time. Crew were shocked off with a header at the back post from Joel Tabernis cross to put the away side a goal up at the Stadium of Light. Sunderland Blanc boss Tony Mowbray responded with a triple substitution at half-time, sending on Dak, Ekwa and Ben Crompton. Riggs' big moment came when Crew failed to deal with a cross from Jack Clark and he finished confidently to square the tie and eventually send it to penalties. Crewe were impeccable from the spot. As Elliot Nevitt, Chris Long, Rio Adabisi, and Tabana all scored before Ekwa's kick was saved by Dave Davis. That left Cooney with the task of winning it and he tucked away his spot kick to do just that. Final game in the north now, Wrexham nil, Wigan Athletic nil. Wrexham winning 4-2 on penalties. Football League new boys Wrexham knocked out League One Wigan Athletic to a Carabao Cup 4-2 on penalties, neither side could be separated in an evenly matched 90 minutes in front of the uh, in front of the Sky Sports cameras at the Stock Racecourse, and the tie went straight to penalties. Wiggins, Charlie Hughes, and Thilo Asgard placed their penalty over the crossbar to hand Wrexham victory. The Dragons are through to the second round of the Carabao Cup for the first time since 2007. Back then, they lost 5-0 at home to Aston Villa, when Shaw Maloney scored twice for Villa. Nearly 16 years on, the former Scottish international was again in the opposition, this time of course as Wigan manager. Wrexham manager Phil Parkinson had promised changes after his side's defeat to McDonald's in their League 2 opener, and only three players kept their places, while Wigan's team showed four changes from the team, the one that beat 2-1 at Derby County. An open first 10 minutes saw changes of both sides, with Reckham striker Jake Staff's overhead kick from a corner ending on the roof of the net. At the other end, Hughes's pinpoint long pass found Stephen Humphreys, who from a tight angle forced home goalkeeper Mark Howard to tip the ball over the bar. Wrexham edged a pretty even first half with Ollie Palmer heading over from Callum McFancyan's cross before James Jones's fierce low drive was parried by Sam Tickle, potentially one of the greatest names for a goalkeeper in football history, before Wigan managed to clear. Palmer sent a curling effort wide of Tickle's post, and Jones also fired wide as Rexon seized the initiative early in the second half. Yeah, I'm really going to enjoy saying Sam Tickle's name this season. I can feel it. The Wigan keeper again had to deny Jones, parrying a shot from outside the box before denying Jordan Davis' follow-up, only for Luke Young to then fire over. Wigan, in response, up to that point had been restricted to a Chris Zizé effort which the midfielder had put over the crossbar, although as the game entered the final quarter, Humphreys flashed a shot wide off the post. Charlie Wyke's header over for the bar from Hughes's cross from the right proved to be the final chance to break the deadlock, and so penalties were required to settle the tie. Young, Elliot Lee and Tom O'Connor successfully converted their spot kicks, while Wigan substitute Wyke and Humphreys put theirs away. Hughes sent Wiggins' third kick over the crossbar, with Sam Dolby scoring Wrexham's fourth. Asgard had to score to keep Wiggins' hopes alive. Unfortunately, the Norwegian under-21 international also based a shot over the bar to give Wrexham victory and a place in the next round. Cheltenham Town nil, Birmingham City 2. Jininho Bacuna scored both Birmingham City goals in the space of eight first-half minutes, as the Blues eased into the second round by beating League One side Cheltenham Town. The midfielder put the Championship side ahead on 24 minutes with a right-footed shot into the bottom-right corner, which deflected off defender Liam Smith, past goalkeeper Luke Southwood. Blues also had efforts blocked from Keshi Anderson and Koji Miyoshi, who were then had tripped by former Blues defender Curtis Davis on the edge of the box seven minutes later. It earned the much-travelled defender a yellow card on his Robins debut, one of six cautions. Amber Cunha then doubled City's lead on 32 minutes, when he found the top left corner with a right-footed free kick. John Eustace's men were comfortably the better team on a night when the hosts failed to get a single shot on target. Birmingham will host Leeds United on Saturday, when the club's new American owners will make their grand entrance, while Cheltenham will be at home to Bolton Wanderers. Exeter City 2 Crawley Town won. Exeter progressed to the second round, with a 2-1 come from behind win over League 2 Crawley at St James's Park. Exeter started well, but when they went down to 10 men, Crawley took the lead in the 15th minute. Pier Sweeney already walked down the tunnel injured when their wayside won a corner. But despite the Grecians desperately trying to make a substitute, referee Chris Pollard allowed play to continue. The corner was delivered to the back post and headed back across goal when Kalady Lolos netted in from close range. Exeter responded well and went on to dominate the game, with Jake Diabate and Zach Jules both going close from well flighted Reese Cole's corners while James Scott smashed an effort against the top of the crossbar. After incessant pressure, Exeter finally pulled level in the 73rd minute when the outstanding Ryan Trevitt found Sonny Cox and his pullback found fellow substitute Kyle Taylor, who curled a fine shot into the bottom corner. Scott had a goal ruled out for Exeter, but he was celebrating in the 84th minute when he got on the end of a tremendous cross from Trevitt to head past Ashby Hammond to send the Grecians through. Forest Green Rovers 1, Portsmouth 3. Cassini Yengi made it three goals in just four days as he guided Portsmouth to a comeback 3-1 win against Forest Green in the Carabao Cup first round. His brace, coupled with the Zach Swanson strike, saw Pompey overcome their lead to opponents at the Bolt New Lawn. Tyrese Amote scored his first goal for Forest Green to open his account for Rovers. Rovers stopped Jamie Searler, had to react quickly to repel Yengi's fine downward header from an Anthony Scully header early on. Rovers took the lead with a fine strike by a mote found by Teddy Jenks fought before the forward produced a crisp pass past Pompey goalkeeper Ryan Schofield. Portsmouth's set-piece link-up play worked but the second time around for Pompey as Scully's deep corner was bundled home by Yangi after Searle failed to collect the cross. The turnaround was complete as Swanson gave the visitors the lead as he fired past Searle from a tight angle and, and towards Pompey's right side. Harvey Bunker drilled an effort towards Schofield's top corner, but the Pompey man was up to the task in Rovers' best moment after the break. Yankee added a third from the spot after Abu Kamara was upended by Rovers' full back Jamie Robson in the penalty area. And probably the biggest upset of the cup fire, or the first round Gillingham 3. Southampton won. Southampton were dumped out of the Carabao Cup after a 3-1 first round defeat at Lee 2 Gillingham, as Rombie McKenzie scored twice. Ashley Natterson gave the Gills the lead after only 11 minutes, slotting into the corner after Dom Jeffries burst down the left wing behind the Saints defence and crossed into the box. Mackenzie doubled Gillingham's advantage six minutes into the second half before volleying into the net 20 minutes to the end to secure the Jill's place in the second round for a fifth successive campaign. Carlos Alcaraz claimed a consolation goal for Southampton with a minute left to go, but of course it was too little, too late. Saints were semi finalists in the competition last season, but were appearing in the first round for the first time since the 11 12 season, following their relegation, of course, from the Premier League last year. Boss Russell Martin changed his entire starting eleven from the side that beat Sheffield Wednesday on the opening day of the Championship campaign. Midfielder Shea Charles made his debut following his summer transfer from Manchester City. And Romain Perrault returned from injury that ruled him out at the end of last season. Yet it was Gillingham who dominated the opening period with Shidek Okri and Ethan Coleman, both heading over either side of Naddison's opener. Seki Kumara hit the woodwork for the visitors but defender Mackenzie made it 2-0 after only 51 minutes when Southampton failed to deal with Chayie Alexander's set piece. Ogie picked up the ball at the back post before, uh, for those that remember, former Glover Max Eamer got the crucial flick on to Mackenzie, who had the sausage of touches to edge it past another former Glover, Alex McCarthy. Mackenzie added his second with a sweet strike after Matt Clark's corner dropped to him. Alcarez's late deflected shot from distance was not enough to save the Saints from failing to progress beyond the first round of this competition for the first time since the 2006-07 campaign. Millwall nil, Reading 4. Reading progressed to the second round of the Carabao Cup for the first time in three years after a 4-0 win at Championship side Millwall. Kelvin Ehiphatiaman gave the Royals a superb start with an excellent first finish in the first minute after Caelan Vickers' pass. He then tapped in a second shortly after the start of the second half after Bartosz Bielikowski failed to keep out Vickers' shot. The win was completed when ex-Man United midfielder and son of Robbie, Charlie Savage, scored his first goal for the club as he fired home a free kick before Mamadi Kamara bundled in a late fourth following good work by Bale Tuma. The victory was the first for the financially challenged Royals in any competition since they beat Blackpool 3-1 on the 25th of February, having slumped a relegation for them from the second tier last term. Millwall did have chances. Joe Bryan forced a good save from Kiny Boyce Clark, 11 minutes into the second period, while Aidemo Mimahu also tested the Reading keeper. And I believe for the first time on the EFL review, let's listen to Reading boss
4: Ruben Sellers.
5: Ruben, your first win as Reading manager, how does
0: it feel?
4: Well, it feels great. It feels great because uh, we need it, we need that victory. Uh, to show that the way that uh, we choose to make things and uh, the way that we choose to play it can be effective, it can make us to make good performance, but it also demands a lot from uh, every single player and person on the club. Uh, I think we show a little bit of what we can do and uh, hopefully we not only use it because of the feeling in the victory, we also use it in terms of how we need to play football matches.
5: Brilliant, and obviously you got off to the perfect start of the goal in the first minute. So can you just give a few reflections on the game?
4: Well, um, especially when you play against an opponent that is playing one or two, one level or two levels above you, uh, you have some options. Uh, we decide to be very aggressive in the pressure. We decide to be very vertical in our counterattacks, and that's what we did. Uh, the first goal is just an example of that. The rest of the game is an example of that. And we knew that if we were low, we would get a lot of crosses, corners, throwings. ins We also got it, but imagine if we stay 60-70% of the times in our own pitch. So we decided to be brave and we decided to go for them from the very beginning. And uh, I think the team showed that uh, bravery, not uh, on in possession, also in terms of pressure that we want. And uh, I only can congratulate uh, the boys because they did an amazing job.
5: So your style of play is, is slowly but surely starting to come through and it was very apparent tonight. Obviously, a lot of the players that played tonight didn't actually play on Saturday. So does that sort of show the togetherness of the squad and your impact?
4: Uh, well, I will not speak about my impact. I think it's still too early. I will speak about the club has a very good uh, recruitment and uh, regarding the talent and a very good way to educate the boys. Uh, and I think they just come and want to show me how good they are. It's always difficult for them, but uh, but I think we have been building them during the last five, six weeks in the way that we want to do things. And I think it suits perfect into the style of the club and the academy. So that's why today they were ready to, to put that uh, amazing performance.
5: Brilliant. And that was the all round performance, obviously four goals, but the defense might not get the credit they deserve. Obviously, Boyce Clark made some incredible saves. How important is that clean sheet?
4: Well, it's very important, but but we don't distinguish the defenders or the attackers because our our first defenders are our attackers. If they didn't start the pressure, we will probably face a lot of more shots on target or off target situations one against one. So, it's the whole team. We work as a unit, and that's that's part of the of the way we do things. Uh, we we always say that one player out of position makes all of us out of position, and that discipline and organisation lead them into good moments. So. Step by step, they trust more the process. They, now they can see that they can win football matches in the way that we decided to play. And hopefully, the victory, what it makes is that we become even more together.
5: Brilliant. And just looking on to Saturday against Port Vale, so you've got a few selection headaches now, have you?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, they need to recover well tomorrow. And then Thursday, Friday, we will use uh, the days just to prepare them for the game obviously it's going to be a very different game with uh, a different opponent uh, that will probably try to play their style and uh, they will probably see today's performance so we need to adjust our game plan and see what is the in which direction we decide to go
5: Brilliant. well congratulations
4: thank you very much
0: mg dons nil Wickham wanderers 2 Substitute Brandon Hanlon opened the scoring, as Wickham defeated Buckinghamshire rivals MK Dons in the first round of the Cup. Victory at Stadium MK was just what the Chairboys needed to restore confidence after their opening day lost against Exeter, and they managed to avoid a minor upset against their League 2 opponents. The Dons shaded the first half, however, and almost went ahead when Warren O'Hara's poor, sorry, low 25-yard strike travelled through a crowd before being tipped behind by Wickham keeper Max Stierjek. Stierjek was called upon again when he did well to get down to Alex Gilby's shot before O -O Ice's long-range effort clipped the top of the bar as the match remained goalless at half-time. A lovely backheel by Sam Vokes opened things up for Wickham's Dale Taylor, but his eventual shot was cleared off the line by Daniel Harvey. The deadlock was finally broken by the chairboys after 73 minutes when Hanlon was on hand to convert after Don's keeper Craig McGilvray could only push out Freddie Potts' cross. The visitors then made the result safe with 8 minutes remaining when centre-back Chris Farino headed in after Hanlon had nodded Luke Leahy's corner back across goal. Plymouth Argyle 2, Leighton Orient 0. Plymouth eased into the second round, as last season's League One champions beat League Two winners Leighton Orient 2-0 at Home Park. Argyle had two goals ruled out for offside, while Orient twice hit the woodwork in an exciting first 20 minutes. But the Pilgrims did not have to wait long to take the lead thanks to Ben Wayne's cool finish, before the New Zealander got a second only 13 minutes later. Orion contained the host in the second half. Argyle's Spanish debutant Julio Pleguzuelo fired a late effort over the bar after a corner felt him on the edge of the box. Plymouth had made 10 changes from the win over Huddersfield, with debuts for, for the Spanish defender and loneys Lewis Warrington and Luke Cundall, as well as the first start for 17 year old Freddie Izzaka, who set the record as Argyle's youngest ever player almost two years ago. Stevenage won, Watford won, Stevenage winning 4-3 on penalties. League One Stevenage secured a place in the second round by beating Watford on penalties. The tie was levelled after one all after 90 minutes, of course, and after Josh Marsh equalised for the hosts to cancel out for Bayo's opener. And Nathan Thomas scored the winning penalty for Stevenage in the shootout. Sutton United 2, Cambridge United 2. Sutton United reached the, oh, I should have said, Sutton United winning 6-5 on penalties. Sutton United reached the second round for the first time after beating League One Cambridge United 6-5 on penalties after the game, of course, had finished 2 all. Both sides came close in the space of a minute early on, as Cambridge goalkeeper Will Mannion kept out Aidan O'Brien's header, with Sutton unable to force the rebound in. Down the other end, Elias Kachunga was denied by Steve Arnold. The visitors went ahead when a mix-up between Arnold and Louis-Jean as they tried to deal with the long ball allowed Fajiri Okanabiri to run the ball into an empty net. Sutton levelled eight minutes before half-time when Harry Smith rifled in from close range following a long throw. Matt Gray's hosts might have scored within the first minute of the second half as Harry Beautyman headed just over and Mannion then made a superb save from Smith's header. On the hour, Jack Rose, who had replaced Arnold in goal, was adjudged to have fouled Okinibere, who converted the penalty. Mannion saved well again from Beautyman, but the used captain was on the score sheet nine minutes from time, when he also scored from the, uh, from the spot after being fouled. More spot kicks ensued as the scores finished level, with nine of the first ten taken by substitutes, as well as Rose in goal. And after Ben Goodliffe and George Thomas had seen both, uh, both seen kicks save, Rose made the crucial stop from Cambridge captain Harrison Dunk to send Sutton
6: through. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. <sighs> Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit ChalmersAccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation.
2: Visit our website
6: www.ajwakely.com for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913.
0: On to the Wednesday fixtures now. Yes, we are still going. Leeds United 2, Shrewsbury Town 1. Daniel Fark claimed his first competitive win as Leeds boss as his side came from behind to beat League 1 Shrewsbury. The away side took the lead when Taylor Perry's deflected shot looped over debutant Whiteskeeper Carl Darlow. Joe Gelhart levelled for Leeds when he was the quickest to react after Marco Morosi had made a good save from Ian Pervader's initial effort. Halftime substitutes Pascal Stroke gave Fark's men the lead six minutes later with a crisp close-range strike after a corner fell his way victory over their third-tier opponents gave Leeds, who were of course relegated from the Premier League in May, a first success since success, a 2-1 win over Nottingham Forest on the 4th of April, and they will now travel to Salford in the second round. AFC Wimbledon 2, Coventry City 1. AFC Wimbledon scored two extremely late goals to knock out Championship side Coventry and will be away to Chelsea in the second round. Ryan McLean grabbed the winner in the third minute of injury time after Omar Begheel's 86th minute equaliser for the League Two team. The hosts were seemingly heading towards a first round exit thanks to a 17th minute penalty scored by Matt Godden. Wimbledon started the game on the front foot, with former glover James Tilly going close inside the opening couple of minutes, with his shot zipping just wide. That was as good as it got for the Dons, until the final minutes. Haji Wright made his full debut for the Sky Blues following his seven pounds move from Turkish club Antalya Spore. He looked bright early on, with his ninth-minute shot being saved by Nick Tazanavev. Wright then drew a foul in the box, and Godden converted from the penalty spot to give the Championship side the lead. Gustavo Hamer went close to making it two in the 34th minute, only for his free kick to bend wide. Wright threatened throughout the game, but the visitors were unable to increase their lead. With time running out, Wimbledon equalised through Beguil, who smashed the ball home from 20 yards after Coventry failed to clear a left-wing cross. A penalty shootout looked likely before McLean clinched his side's place in the second round draw, with a dramatic winner at the far post. With that in mind, let's listen to AFC Wimbledon boss, Johnny Jackson.
6: Wow, what a finish that was. I don't think um, many people were expecting it, but it's more than welcome. What's your reaction to that? Yeah, just like, buzzing. I mean, an unbelievable end to the game. Uh, the energy, the atmosphere in the stadium and um, the scenes at the end when scored the winner. And then, yeah, oh, it's a great night and it's a great night for the club. Um, it's what's what... It's what this football club wanted when it, when it came back to to Plough Lane under the lights something something special about it in there so um, just buzzing for buzzing for me, for me players um, the staff but I think most importantly supporters you know to have a night like that um, I haven't had low since since we come back here so uh, they deserve that Omar and Ryan with the goals I'm sure you gave them a message before they came on the pitch but surely you couldn't have predicted the impact they would yeah they weren't have. that message um, <laughs> now nah, you listen you. I think we needed to to make changes to try and stimulate something in the game. I think there was probably a little period in the second half where commentary were quite comfortable having a lot of the ball, um, and I just tried to just tried to put a bit of energy on the pitch. And the boys know their roles when they come on the pitch and, and, and what, what I want from them. But you know, f- for them to have that impact, it's just all credit to them. You know, that's what you want when you are making changes. You're looking behind you to see how you can affect it. You obviously you want you want positive impact, don't you? And we uh, certainly got that. Yeah, you pride your teams on shape. How pleased were you to see us stay in the game? Not just the defence, but also Tans with some great saves. Yeah, it was it was a tough game, wasn't it? Because they got quality all over their pitch. You know, I think centre, just paid seven million for the centre forward Godden, who's scored God knows how many goals down the years. Just quality all over the pitch, really. So we knew they'd have moments, and uh, they got through a couple of times. But then you need your keeper to to step up, and Tans made some some vital vital saves. But um, yeah, We work on the shape all the time, um, sometimes teams are going to have the quality to un- unlock you um, and when they did the goalkeeper come up jumps didn't they, so, you know, they, scored, they only scored one goal and, and that, was, that was from a penalty so uh, we have to be pleased with that. What do you feel like the key is to playing against a team as high up? I think you've just got to have a bit of belief about you and, and just try and take the game to them. I think we started really well, had a great chance in the first five minutes. Um, and just say, look, we're not we're not here to sort of be pushed over. We're gonna we're gonna come. We're gonna give it, and you're gonna know that they're gonna have times where they're gonna dominate, and they're gonna have chances. Uh, as part of well, as part of playing against the top sides. Great experience from from our lads um, coming up against that that sort of quality, but to come out on top of it, you know, do their confidence well, we good.
0: Cardiff City two, Colchester United two, Cardiff winning three 0 on penalties. Cardiff needed a penalty shootout to beat League 2 Colchester United as goalkeeper Jack Annex saved all three spot kicks to take the championship side into the second round. After the teams were level at 2 all on 90 minutes, Cardiff's captain on the night, Annex saved from Jaden Fevrier, Junior Tashmadu and Tom Hopper. Ruben Colville had seen his spot kick palmed away by Owen Goodman, but Marlon Romeo, Shee Ojo and E.K. Ugbu converted theirs as the Bluebirds advanced. Ipswich Town 2, Bristol Rovers 0. Ipswich Town won a Carabao Cup tie for the first second time in six seasons, as they beat uh, Bristol Rovers 2-0 at Portman Road. Ipswich made a great start when Jack Taylor put them a goal up from a close range early on, while the hosts had their chances to increase their advantage. Bristol improved after the break, but were hit by a sucker punch with 14 minutes to go when Sonia Luko slotted home George Hurst's cutback. Hurst almost made it 3-0 10 minutes from time, but he scooped his clone trade effort over the bar, as Town booked a second round tie away at Reading. Burton Albion 0, Leicester City 2. Leicester comfortably won their first Carabao Cup first round tie in a decade, as they beat Luke 1 at Burton Albion. Kelechi Iheanacho's deft left-footed flick from Mark Albrighton's cross gave Leicester a 6th-minute lead as the Foxes controlled the opening period. Wilfred Ndidi's calm finish in the first half stoppage time ended the game as a contest while Inacho had chances to increase the lead after the break. Leicester debutant goalkeeper Jakub Stoilecic was not tested as they remained in command. And finally, Bristol City 5, Oxford United one Jason Knight scored twice as Bristol City eased past Oxford with an emphatic victory to reach the second round. Any hopes the 1986 League Cup winners had of progressing beyond the opening round were extinguished by clinical finishing by the Championship side. City began the match facing the prospect of losing Alex Scott to Bournemouth for a rumoured £20 million, but their dominance against their lower league opponents was never challenged. The host broke the deadlock after just 15 minutes. Anis Mehmeti combined with Hayden Roberts down the left-hand side, before the latter pulled the ball back to former Glover Harry Cornick to fire home from close range. League One Oxford equalised on the half-hour mark, Finn Stevens floated across from the right wing to the back post, and Billy Bowden powered a lovely header past Kitts keeper Max O'Leary. Oxford's parity, however, was short lived. Mehmedi's cross was deflected into the path of Knight, who buried it from 12 yards out for his first Robins goal. Knight added a third two minutes after the break, before Nackie Wells put the game beyond doubt with Bristol's fourth on 52 minutes. He coolly rounded keeper James Beadle after being played in by Knight. By now, it was becoming an exercise in damage limitation for the visitors. Their misery was completed when Bristol City scored their fifth, courtesy of substitute Kai Naismith, a couple of minutes after the hour mark. George Tanner went close to making it six during injury time, but his long-range shot was tipped away by Beadle. The Robins will now go on to face either QPR or Norwich City in round two. So that brings us to the end of all the fixtures of going through uh, over the course of the last hour of the EFL round one. I appreciate there was an awful lot to go through there. So thank you for sticking with me. Just before we go, I'll just take you through all the fixtures that are taking place uh, in the next week or so. Uh, On the 16th, we have our final first round match between QPR and Norwich. In terms of the second round, we've got Bolton Wanderers Middlesbrough, Doncaster Rovers Everton, Harrogate Blackburn, Nottingham Forest Burnley, Port Vale Crew, Salford take on Leeds United, Sheffield United have got Lincoln City, Sheffield Wednesday face Mansfield, Stoke have Rotherham, Tranmere face Leicester, Wolves go to Blackpool, Wrexham are taking on Bradford City, Birmingham City have got Cardiff, Bristol will play either, or Bristol City, sorry, will take QPR or Norwich, uh, Chelsea entertain AFC Wimbledon, Exeter City have Stevenage, Fulham are in an All-Premier League tie against Tottenham Hotspur. Luton are taking on Giant Killers Gillingham. Newport County face Brentford. Plymouth Argyle have Crystal Palace. Portsmouth have Peterborough United. Reading are against Ipswich Town. Swansea taking on AFC Bournemouth. And finally, Wickham Wanderers taking on Sutton United. So that brings us to the end of this week's version of the EFL review. Not quite uh, as many games about the championship or League One or League Two that we might come to expect, but a little bit of a one off given how exciting this is. We probably won't do an episode in such depth of a cup competition, probably not till we face the uh, FA Cup first round. Of course, I'll be back on Sunday to take us through all of the weekend action, which are back to normal service with Championship League One and League Two. I certainly look forward to seeing you there. Until then, have a lovely weekend. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye.